The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call on Patreon. Hi, everybody. As promised, welcome to our bonus episode where we continue the conversation with Dr. Jessica and Dr. Pepper, and we continue to ask some questions about the book, but we also talk about maths. Enjoy. So in your book, you say something that I found very insightful, um, that Almost everybody is worthy of love and that people, I mean, maybe it's a millennial thing, but we like to say like, we're working on ourselves before we are going to go find somebody. (laughs) And you kind of say in the book, like, you don't need to make yourself into the perfect version of you before you go out and find somebody to love. Um, However, for Married at First Sight, do you think the standard it should be higher or different? Um, All the factors that make that might make you worthy for love not might not make you the best candidate for an eight week experiment where you're having to be very vulnerable very quickly. Mm-hmm. So well, if their standards are different, how do you measure them? I don't know that the standard to be different. I think it depends on, and, and, you know, looking at that eight weeks as the eight weeks is when the, the, the show is done. Right. And, and that's when that period of filming is, is done. Um, yes, they have to make a decision about if they want this to proceed, but we also understand that relationships are formed over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and our goal ultimately was to get people to a place where they're in a solid relationship. And even if they're not sure initially why they're matched, they've ultimately figured that out. Um, so I think the, the same principle would apply for couples of married at first sight, that you don't have to be a perfect person to be able to be matched with somebody. You can still have your stuff and you can work that out in the context of your relationship. I think the self-help culture did all of us, particularly women, a disservice that you must be, you know, work out all your stuff and be the strong, independent woman and have it all going for you before you can get into a relationship that's going to be a healthy one. And that's actually, I think, a myth um, that doesn't doesn't help all of us and, and um, that there is some importance in being able to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And this concept of fear of change, which we talk about in the first chapter, mm-hmm couples coming into married at first sight in particular need to be open-minded around that fear of change knowing that the, you know the healthiest couples are going to be willing to change within the context of that relationship i don't know pepper if you want to add to that but oh gosh i could go on and on on this issue um because i think we've um what we often find and i'll, I'll do this larger than married at first sight i'll talk about the society is everybody um is now wanting you know, their individual life to progress to a certain level before they'll consider having a partner. 
So mm -hmm. they want their education to be done and then they want their first years of work to be done and then they want to travel a bit and uh, they raise the standards of, you know, someone who is worthy of me at that point because they put so much work into themselves and then they're 35 and they're thinking, OMG, you know, um, where is somebody for me? And then they're now in a pressure situation because, you know, not everybody wants children, but, you know, most people do. And, um, and, and so I think that they're, they've, they've done this in the, in trying to just sort of nail down everything that's important. And now marriage is going to be, you know, the whipped cream and cherry on top, but then their demands for who that is and how that should be and what level they should be at are so high that, you know, those aren't the demands they would have made as they were progressing through life. They're now at the demands they're making when they feel they've progressed through life. Life is organic. We keep growing, I hope. And um, I'm not saying that everything's going to be great if you get married so young that you don't know who you are yet or what your main things are out of life you want. But but I do think there's something to be building a life together. And you don't have to be perfect to do that. You just have to share some values and know the character of the person that you're marrying and have you know a general sense of life goals together. Um, and, and I think that that makes for an exciting journey. I wonder if you can settle a debate that Aid and I have about the show. Aid feels like if you were in a relationship and you broke up like, what is it, Aid, three months, six months six ago? Six months. Yeah, you're fine and you can come on the show and you're able to handle it. And I think that they have stuff they need to sort out and get rid of that past relationship and they're not ready for the show. What are your thoughts on that? Because we argue about that all the time. <laughs> it depends how long that relationship lasted. Okay. Okay. If you're telling me you came in from five year relationship and you broke up three months ago, eh. Okay. Here. <laughs> um, but if it was, you know, if it wasn't a, that significant of a relationship or it was a shorter term, then I, I don't see a need to. Okay. Board. I don't know, Pepper, if you would feel differently, but. You know, I almost think it's a person by person evaluation. Sometimes a relationship went on a very long time and the end of it was really crummy, you know, and, yeah. um, and the person has learned a lot from that and changed a lot from that and now mm -hmm. knows what they're looking for. So, I mean, it just, it's, it's a tough one to make that decision. I agree with, um, with Jessica that, you know, the longer it went on, the, the more, you know, it might make it hard for someone to reattach, you know, in, mm -hmm. in the right way. But, but I, I just think everybody's got their own story and we try to evaluate that against one of the other things that people do and we do is there's so many variables, so many things to consider, you know, and, you know, somebody, we have to decide, you know, and the person has to decide, you know, what are the critical things that could bond somebody with them? And if there's so many of those, then you go like, well, I'm going to discount, not discount, but I'm going to subordinate some of the things that don't work because the, there's so many critical things that do. And, mm -hmm. and then what you don't know is if that, that thing that didn't work is going to come back and bite you in the butt, you know, <laughs> um, or if it's going to be able to be, um, you know, handled because the other really great stuff is there. It's, it's a yeah. really complicated puzzle about how two people fit together and what will uh, undermine them and what will not. Okay. 
So you're both right. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> right. I like that. I never felt that too. There's a chapter in the book that talks about household responsibilities. And you state that couples who share responsibilities have longer lasting relationships. We had a guest on the show not long ago, and we were just asking for their point of view. And they seem to think that the show is gendered or maybe say traditional. And we have had a number of couples who seem to believe in these roles, like I cook, or they believe that the wife should cook and all that. And a lot of these seem to come from the couples. We don't think it's necessarily the show. It's just the couples. And we were wondering, like, do you think the show attracts more people with traditional views or are they, is it just coincidental? They're just the ones who make it to the matchmaking process in the show. I was going to say one thing that's very traditional about the show and that we do select for is somebody who has to really believe in marriage. Mm. I mean, if you're very traditionally, you don't, you know, you don't want to get married or you don't care about it. It's not a big deal mm -hmm. to you or you may or you may not, you know, and that's fine. But for mm -hmm. us, you're going to undergo a great deal for marriage, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So that is traditional in the sense that there are people who want to cohabit for the rest of their lives or, you know, be on and off in relationships. And we try and we, we think this show needs dedication to marriage and you have mm -hmm. to think that's a really good institution. Now, how you operate in that institution can vary enormously. And, you know, it could be the guy cooking or nobody cooking or whatever. Um, but, we match people for their, their desires. Like if so, if we have some woman who loves to cook and that's the way she shows her love and we have some guy that wants somebody who does that, um, you know, then we, that's one of the things we'll take into account. On the other hand, if they have a difference on that one, but so many other things line up, we figure, okay, we're going to let them work that one out, you know, <laughs> but we don't select for, um, conventionality we select for a match okay and something that is con uh, conventional traditional however you want to describe it is um the show has never had um a same gender couple well we let me just say this everybody who is an expert on this show past and present would love to have a same-sex couple and a lot of my own research has been on same-sex couples um, oh, and I'm, yeah, I have a book called American Couples, Money, Work, and Sex. It has uh, 12,000 people in it. Um, and I compare married against cohabiting couples, heterosexual, against lesbians and um, gay men. There's probably 1,500 uh, to gay male couples and, a, and at least 1,000 lesbian couples. Um, and taking a look at how gender or lack of gender affects what people are looking for and how everything mm -hmm. works. It was a major study in my life that took 10 years. So of course I would be happy to study gay couples. It requires a different selection process. It, I mean, and, mm -hmm. and actually lifetime that the parent has said that they were um, not opposed to that, but it hasn't happened. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. 
Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from Earn In to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Alta Call on the podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. That's Alta Call on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, see earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Reset Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their ginger lime mule, and Grapefruit Paloma, which happens to be my favorites, you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash MAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much, so Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Okay. We're patiently waiting. <laughs> I would, you know, love that. I would personally love that. That would and be I amazing. I, w- I absolutely would. And that, I think that's one of the reasons it was really important for Pepper and I to make sure we were including very diverse couples in our book, um, mm-hmm. from couples from all different walks of life, ethnicities, um, it, gay couples, lesbian couples. So we wanted to make sure that it was relatable to, you know, not just a heterosexual couple with, you know, yeah. from um, Texas and no offense to Texas, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we wanted it to be like what are couples actually looking like yeah. and doing and and um in a way that's more consistent with what's happening in america and yeah that makes sense countries well as jessica says she she loves love and you know <laughs> i do too um and in all of its wonderful diversity and variety um, you know, big embrace of all of it. Mm. Um, <laughs> from the show, and we're friends here, so you can tell us who are some of your favorite couples. 
Um, and who do you think practice some of the prescriptions in your book the best? I think Jessica and I share a lot of the same favorite couples. <laughs> They're <laughs> smiling guys. <laughs> we were at her wedding. You know, she, she's been uh, wanting to be married to John for three or four years now, and then COVID came. And so everything got restricted, you know, and mm -hmm. last fall, um, Jessica finally tied the knot with John and, and Jamie <laughs> and Jamie and Doug were there and Shawnice mm -hmm. and Jeff exactly. D were there. Um, so there's, they're, they're right. Those are people we, 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 um, adore and uh, Jessica lives in the same, um, uh, state with one of them. And, uh, um, you know, we've kept up with quite a few couples, but they're, they're way up there. Right, Jessica? Yeah. Jeff D and Shawnee will always have my, own my heart. Um, and they, you know, they did, they've had a, a, had a lot of bumps in the road and they've done the yeah. work and they're doing amazing. And Laura is their daughter is so precious. Um, she was a ham at the wedding. <laughs> She's my favorite maths kid. Yeah. We have favorites, but hers is Deanna's and Greg, uh, Greg, right? Yeah. Mine is Laura. Laura is just the best. She's the most intelligent little girl. <laughs> she was like killing it on the dance floor. Killing it. Shanice wrote you the nicest note on Instagram. Yeah, and, and the part that stuck out to me was she said that you had asked her, how do you want to co-parent or something like that? And I was surprised because I was like, oh, well, how long of a relationship do you end up ha having with some of the people on the show that it went, you know, long after they were done filming them? We did a, so for me, you know, my role on the, the show as an expert is to provide consultation to the cast of the television show and to connect them with professionals who are, could actually do actual therapy outside of filming. Um, mm -hmm. What we're doing isn't real therapy. We never do therapy on television. Um, but it was really important to me that they had connection to professionals outside of that. So Jeffy and Shawnee actually did another show called Honey, not Honeymoon Island, a different show. Honeymoon, yeah. Happily, happily ever after. And this was, you know, focusing on the couples who were, you know, have had kids or were having babies and, um, and have been struggling. And they've been very open about having the struggles that they had. And there was a point in time where they were facing, do we, are we better off separated? Mm -hmm. And so, out of, you know, I love love, but I also love people happy. And mm -hmm. I, you know, put children first and kids need to have a, a happy mom who feels loved and a happy dad who feels loved. And that's the best thing. And if that means the two of them together, great. So we did have a conversation around what would co-parenting look like. And then, she, you know, we stayed connected afterwards, um, just, and you get to know people over years and really care about their relationships and things and um and how they are as people so we you know we had those conversations about what would co-parenting look like what would you know the idea that do you as mad as you are at your you know the, the father of your child you love your kid more and what would that look like um and so i think giving her the space to be able to choose or her see that you don't have to stay together that maybe if you're not getting what you need then and you've done everything you can you know how can you then be the best parents you can be separate i think just giving her the permission or, or talking with her about that helped her sort of open um not not feel so stuck i guess yeah. um there's sometimes there's some shame or stigma about 
you know, idea about do I separate or to get a divorce? And there's some, that's a really tough decision to get to that point. But I think she needed some space to be able to say that, okay, I got to do the best thing for myself and my kid. And ultimately they worked it out and worked through it and they're doing great. So. Yeah. That's awesome. This is good to hear. I have a question for Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Something that has been controversial on the show lately have been bald heads. People don't want, and I just, I have a two-parter. Is Pastor Cal, does he have an agenda to push bald-headed people <laughs> on the show to keep their circle? But <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you mentioned something about, um, you know, the matchmaking. And I'm wondering, at what point is it more important to give people, I think it's very important to recognize what you need versus what you want. It's a very important thing to know that people may not recognize. Do you over do you overlook maybe some of the things that they requested physically because you know that this person has something that would be very helpful to them? Or do you think that it's just important for them to be attracted to the person and then they can build on that? Like, how do you measure what's important? Because they don't usually take the time to find out why they should be with this person. They're just stuck on, they have a bald head and I don't want to get to know them. So how do you measure that? Uh. Uh, I mean, you know, you're bringing up in some ways the Achilles heel of married at first sight because attraction is um, really important, but it's led a lot of people astray. Astray. Mm-hmm. You know, how many people, when you look back, that you would have, you know, crawled over on, you know, the sharp pike to get to? Um, mm-hmm. Do you realize that it was this? incredible hormonal attachment that that never had the right foundation that was not a good person for you but you were desperately attracted to them and i think that's led people into a lot of dead ends which is not to diminish attraction because it can also save a relationship when it's going through bad stuff but you you know you're drawn to this person there's something chemistry chemical between you that keeps you in there working for it when you should you know so it's, it's a kind of a, a sharp edge of when it works against you or works for you. We try to get people who we think are attractive enough. Not, they're not all gorgeous, mm-hmm. but you know, they don't have two heads. Um, and we look at the past pictures of people who the people have been attracted to. So we're mm-hmm. trying to stay within something that looks familiar. But of course, yeah. as we all know, attraction could rise and fall in how someone smiles or the jokes yeah. they tell or something like that, right? So yeah. very difficult. What we do think of is what would make a good marriage. We don't discount attraction. We want it in there. But, you know, how much are they matched at? Do they have some life goals, personality, um, um, religious, um, you know, where they are in the spectrum, politics, you know, so much that goes into you know, what makes you feel like this person is on the same path you are and wants the same things out of life you are, um, would be fun to be with or would be serious enough for you. Whatever it is, we're looking at as many variables as possible. And then yeah. if it comes down to whether the guy is bald or not. We're <laughs> hoping, and we've done this a couple of times, that that is not a one-stop ruination for the match. And Lord, sometimes it is. I mean, I just go, you know, where's this person's sense of proportion, you know? 
I mean, mm -hmm. and of course we've all had people who we didn't signal out as attractive in the beginning, but they're cool in so many ways and they get more attractive to us. And we, you know, and we start thinking this is a handsome person or good looking woman, even though that wasn't our first thought, maybe not even our second yeah. or third thought, but over time, <laughs> fantastic. Right. Um, yeah. So we're hoping that what we figured out on the um, lineup of who that person is, is strong enough to carry what might not be an immediate attraction. And the bald one really makes me nuts because what are you going to do? <laughs> How long you there? They lose it and you're going to say, sorry, I'm leaving. You know, I mean, I just, it just to me is not the, the variable I would stake a life choice on. And yet we get people like that. And sometimes we put, and we, this has happened recently more than a little bit. We put two, I think, extremely good looking people together, not just nice looking, but extremely good. And they go, eh. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, so, so we just, we're hoping that's why we so are interested in are believing in marriage. Do you want a marriage? What are you willing to work through to have a lifetime yeah. person that has your back, you know? Yes. And, um, so you, you just bring up, I actually wrote an article, I have a <laughs> column in, um, Seattle magazine about the three things that frustrate me so much in terms of marital or or even you know dating choices one of them is the hair no hair the other <laughs> oh i triggered you i'm sorry you did you, you triggered me it makes me so upset the other thing is height we have these little five foot two women say well he's got to be six one or above i go no but you know i mean that really makes me crazy um and uh, i mean there's a couple other things but you know i just the things that i feel yeah. are not important in the grand scheme of what life offers and also challenges you with. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So yeah. yeah, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> so to follow up on that question, and hopefully not to trigger you anymore, but throughout the eight-week process, we've seen so many people who may or may not be attracted to each other. How exactly should they go about communicating their non-attraction to their partner? Mm. Or should they communicate at all? <laughs> <laughs> we have decided, I will say this, this is another Tane and I discussion. We have never seen an example of someone doing it correctly. If you don't say anything and you get to the end, everybody crucifies you for not saying that you weren't attracted from the beginning and there was no hope here. If you do say something, how dare you? So from the expert's perspective, what should you do? Well, I'll be curious to see what Jessica says about this. I'll give you my first thing is shut up. You know, 
do not say to them, yeah, I, I, I often, you know, I, I usually date thin women or <laughs> then they say, oh, I didn't mean anything by that, you know, or, or you're just not my type, Emily, or, you know, whatever like that. I'm just gingery. Oh, don't do that. You know, and I, by the way, I now, when I talk to a couple, I say to them, don't do that. Don't okay. tell them how you <laughs> feel about their looks, et cetera. You've just met them. Yeah. See what yeah. you can grow to to see in this person that would make them more attractive to you. Examine your own feelings about why you have these hard stops on this or that. Does that really serve you? Where does it come from? Question mm -hmm. yourself and not the other person's looks, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And then we try and give them a lot of experiences so they can see the beauty of this person that we saw, you know, when we pick them. But, you know, it one, there are certain things that once out of your mouth, too many people cannot forget. And they do not, you know, they, it just stops them dead. So even if you change your mind, they don't stop feeling that you're not really wanting them. And so now you got two problems instead of one. So that's where I stand. You know, give yourself the time and the encouragement to see how you can see this person as opposed to ending it on like, hello, yes, I want to marry you. We're going on our honeymoon, but you should know that, you know, I don't find you this, that, or that. It's just the wrong, wrong thing to do. What do you think, Jessica? I would agree. Stop talking. Think about what you're going to say and don't say it, zip it. Um, and, you know, just keeping in mind that both, uh, Individuals and the couple are so vulnerable. They've taken this huge leap to marry someone they don't know. They're doing yeah. television and, you know, yeah. broadcasting people's living rooms. And so they're both in a really vulnerable place. So they're also going to be really hung up on, are they attracted to me? Do they like me? And so any slight or hint that they're not you know, feeling you is going to be feel, I think, 10 times more magnified because of the pressure. Um, that said, you know, we work with couples and, and do this, even if you're not in a television show, think every day, what are three positive things about this person? What are three mm. things I'm grateful for? What are th three things I appreciate? What are three things I think are attractive about them? And just challenge yourself, even in your own relationships, to think about that and, and start your headspace that way. Because if you come at it from a more positive um, angles, you're going to, that's going to be what's going to fight off any of that sort of negativity that may be there. And, you know, for some couples, there might be that initial attraction, that spark, that fiery feeling in their body. And some it's, it grows over time and attraction can, can also grow. So um, I yeah. think keep your mouth shut and also <laughs> focus on the positive. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, Keisha on after party always says your energy goes where your energy flows. So if you think positive, then maybe you start seeing positive things um, about them. Okay, to kind of wrap things up, um, for each of you, what is your favorite part and least favorite part of the show? My favorite part is when I tell them they've been selected right in the beginning. Oh. <laughs> They're just thrilled. They're so happy. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping they'll stay happy. But at least that moment, they are just so happy and we can just feel thrilled together. <laughs> I would agree with that pepper and my other favorite part is when they are having kids and seeing yeah. like families being formed and there it that is i think the most heartwarming part of the you know working with the couples i think doing the television show 
back to what I'd said early at the beginning of our, our talk today is being able to reach people in a format or a platform that wouldn't ordinarily access, you know, relationship experts or you know, mental health or anything like that. And being able to, to give tidbits to people at home that can help improve their relationships too, just by watching. Yeah. Yeah. I that's think that's we need more of those. We need more babies. <laughs> well, I just got a Christmas card of Bobby Dodd and Danielle showing their two little girl, their two little kids and holding yeah. them up together. And I, I'm like, you know, big smile, big heart touch. You know, we, that's what we aim for. We want, we want to get those Christmas cards. We want to know that we've started uh, people on a journey that, that they, uh, they were brave enough to begin. I mean, I, I really think it takes a lot of courage to do this. And just putting aside the people who do it for the wrong reasons, I'd say 90% of people do it for the right reason. Uh, they may not be able to um, effectuate what they want. They maybe still have a lot of baggage and things that, that get in their way. Um, but, but I think uh, most people go into this wanting very much to fall in love and be married. And when we see some of them actually do that, um, I should also say what we also find is from a lot of people keep in touch with us who weren't able to have the right marriage, but oh. feel that the experience changed them so they could in the future. Um, one of the early shows from Atlanta with Sam, Samantha, who treated a wonderful man, uh, you know, uh, badly yeah. recognized yeah. it by the back end of it fell in love with him, but it was too late for that marriage, but she became a different and a better partner in the future. She's now married and has a kid and wrote us saying that, you know, it was her experience with Married at First Sight that made it possible for her to make a better choice in the future. And we do get some of that. And so, you know, they don't have, it doesn't have to be a successful marriage and family for me to feel we've done good things for that person's life. Mm -hmm. And, and I also, feel, and I, I know Jessica feels the same way, in the same way we feel in the book that we're reaching out to people to give them tools. We know that we reached out to the audience and some of those people are taking tools that changes or betters their marriage or their partnership. And um, and that's a very satisfying thing to do. That's why we yeah. wrote the book is another, another way of feeling like we could help people have better relationships. And and for most people, that's the very core of their happiness. It is to have a good relationship. Yeah. yeah. So on the flip side, what is the least favorite part? <laughs> if you can say it. <laughs> I can say it. I know exactly what it is. When people break up who I thought are breaking up for the wrong reason, they could have had a great mm -hmm. marriage. They've let other things get in the way. It just frustrates the hell out of me. That's mine. That's so interesting. <laughs> I think sometimes as a viewer, we watch it and we're like, to the experts, stop beating this dead horse. These people are done. <laughs> and then they come to the reunion and you guys kind of encourage them, like, maybe this could still work. So I guess from your point of view, you don't do that for every couple. There are just certain couples you think really could have made it work. Yeah. Okay. I wonder what Jessica feels. I think for me, um, I, a couple things. I think one, social media. Um, I can be so cruel to people and couples, especially those who didn't come across so great on the show. There's so much filming that's done, you know, 40 something hours a week with each couple, but five minutes makes it onto the, the show. That's just the way that, you know, a docu-series 
goes. But um, so there's no, don't always have the, the totally the full story and or maybe people don't see that side of themselves until it actually airs. But the rest of the world does. And it can be re- very social media can be very mean. There's a, a lot of people who are supportive of the show and couples on, on social media as well. But I think that's been um, hard to see. Um, and people um, struggle with that and or who, ha- you know, end up needing to access mental health services because of how tough social media has been. And um, so I think that's that's one thing. I think the other is just knowing and this is only a couple people over all the, the nine different series of various shows and offshoots I did um, where I, I leave feeling, was this actually the right choice for them? And I don't know the answer for that. And I have to tell mm. myself, you know, in my heart of hearts, maybe five years from now, they'll be like, this is why I did that. This is what I learned, but I might be in that space somewhere where like, I don't know that this was the best choice. So, um, and not being able to answer that question, I like to like, resolve that dissonance and can't always do that. So. Okay. Thanks. Um, I think, is there anything else that you want to share about the book or anything that you want people to know about it? What was your favorite part of writing the book? What was your favorite aspect? Just anything that you want to share with people. I think one of my favorite parts about doing the book is that it is very accessible. We really wanted to make sure that it could reach a variety of different kinds of couples, um, diverse couples, and also that it's practical. You know, it's one thing for us to be pontificating. We both, you know, work in universities and um, all the research is great. And we ground all of our exercises and suggestions in the science, in the research. But we actually talk about here's what you can do. Here's what you can do at home. These are the exercises you can use in a way that I think that is practical. So we're giving tools, not just theory, um, about you know things like effective communication, resolving conflicts. How do you talk about sex with your partner? How do you resolve issues around uh, finances or kids? You know, a lot of disagreements about kids. So I think it's accessible, and I think it's practical, um, and I think it's real. Yeah, I was going to say I double underline the practicality. It's the most practical book I've ever been involved in. I give great credit to Jessica in this. She's got a vast clinical experience and uh, comes out of of several literatures I didn't know that I've learned from. And uh, I think everything's in it very doable. And I I love the, the, the fact that the book starts with one of the issues is fear of change. I have never seen that addressed as well personally in books and how often you know people are afraid of have trouble navigating changes that have to happen changes they want to happen or even the fear of changes that might happen and that interfere with with their bonding and their happiness and and uh, that that was something that came out of our discussions you know it's um i i just think it's a valuable book and um it's it's accessibility, it's doability it has me excited about it. And I'm going to give a lot of credit to Jessica on that. A lot of it comes out of her clinical practice. And I thought, you know, it's just an exceptional contribution to couples out there. Okay. Well, I do have one more question. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but one question is just, it wasn't about the book, but it was just like the show has evolved so much over the years. And now like couples get to meet each other and they didn't before. And where do you stand on that? Do you think 
you preferred when the couples were not separated. That's something else we disagree on. I think they should be separated because they get dis- distracted by other people. Or do you think that it's okay because they have to talk to someone and share those experiences? And part two of that was like you mentioned in the beginning, like the experts, there was a focus on sex and then someone else in spirituality. And it's kind of blended a little now. Do you, what are your thoughts on all the changes and the evolution that has happened over the show, over the years on the show? I, I like the fact that we are not so much in our own silo because, you know, it's, that's hard to be effective that way. I mean, our silo okay. is much more diverse than the ones we were given. So that, okay. that I like. Um, I was against all the couples. Um, uh. I was. Uh, not that anybody listened to me, <laughs> but I was afraid of what's often happened is the distraction or, you know, the gossip of a small circle, and then it doesn't go mm-hmm. between the couple. It comes from outside the couple. Mm-hmm. So if I could do it, on the other hand, I do get the fact about how much they, they need some, you know, other kinds of experiences. They were so hothoused, you know, when they were just alone for eight weeks. Yeah. So, you know, I could see bringing in the other, if it were me designing it, I would bring the other couples in a little, but not the, the continuous way they, as much they as are. Because I, I think yeah. that has um, sometimes helped couples, but it sometimes hurt them badly, I think. Yeah, and I would agree with Pepper. I think it's good and bad. I think it, the, the plus side of it would be that you can create a community with people who are going through a really unique situation that none of us else have fixed. right? So they can sort of bond with each other. The risk though, which I think outweighs anything is the comparison, you know, comparing yourself to another couple that may be much further down. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, or the poisoning of the well, when it's, it's so vulnerable and so precious at that time that they have together. So I think there's positives and negatives to that. Probably the same thing that viewers think that there's probably pros and cons to it. Um, and it sounds like since my departure, they've been doing a, a bit, a lot more of this um, with the doubles. <laughs> okay. Thank, thank you for answering all our questions. Can you let people know when your book's coming out, where they can find your book? Yes. Yeah, so our book is currently available for pre-order, but it will be officially available um, on February 13th. So it's released on February 13th, but you can order it now, pre-order it now from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all your major booksellers. um, And you can certainly find connections to it at both Pepper and my um, social media um, platforms. uh, And Instagram is probably the best one for me um, and probably Pepper too. Do you want to share your handle where the people can find you or? (laughs) (laughs) I think mine is dr. So doctor dot Jessica Griffin and peppers is yeah. Dr. Underscore pepper underscore Schwartz, which is S C H W A R T Z. Is it spelled that way to get it corrected? When I first started Instagram, I didn't know anything. I think I spelled my last name wrong. It's spelled correctly. Oh, is it good? (laughs) Somebody corrected it for me. It's so embarrassing. All right, guys. Tane and I read the book and we highly recommend it. It's a great read. So uh, you should go out and find it. 
And thank you so much to Dr. Pepper and Dr. Jessica for coming on our show. We really, really appreciate it. Yes, it was fun talking to you guys. Thank, thank you. you both so much for having us on. It's great. Thank you. It was, thank Bye. you. I appreciate it. And you had great questions, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Take Bye. care. All right. Bye. Bye-bye, everyone. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.